For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play. Good evening and welcome to another Come On You Spurs podcast. And it's the route can make. We're back talking about shots on target, some goals. <laughs> so everything's happy again in the world of Spurs. So we'll just do some social bits before we get into that Leicester performance. So as you can see on the screen, the guys have got their Twitter handles there. Give them a follow. You get some great content. Always knocking some good stuff out. <laughs> also give the Coys pod a follow on at Coys.com. On Twitter as well, it's at Coys underscore dot com. And if you do, give us a like and a subscribe. We're nearly to 100 subscribers. So that'd be great to get there. And obviously next season we'll be continuing bringing you some good stuff. So let's get into this. Um, so Patrick, we went into this game. We spoke about it last week, didn't we, about what sort of Leicester were going to be turning up and were they going to be the Leicester that potentially rolled over? I know Jacob was a little bit less confident about the game, slightly more <laughs> worried than some of us. But Leicester made eight changes was that what we expected them to do, given the tightness of their Europa Conference semi-final? Yeah, so first of all, good evening all, or good morning or afternoon, depending on what time you're checking in and watching this or watch it tomorrow. Uh, yeah, happy to be back once again. And um, I'm happy, to, even happier to be back after a really positive and comfortable uh, display. Um, going back to your question, Carl, about the lineup. Yeah, I expected that. Leicester were in our, your uh, Conference League semi-final. It's tightly poised, 1-1. Of, of course, all the eggs are going to be in that basket considering the game yesterday has no bearing on their, you know, where they finish next season. It doesn't really matter in terms of they can't really change that. They're not gunning for a top six or top four position. So they're going to, of course, try and win a trophy by the Conference League and then get into Europa that way with another trophy in the bag. Because, you know, people are uh, forget that Leicester uh, quite quietly you know, stacking up quite a few trophies after the last few years. So that's their route to the, you know, to their next step. Just uh, keep banging away with the trophies whilst the other big teams are scrapping it out. And, you know, we almost forget that they are, I would probably say they are, over the last couple of years, they've comfortably been the fifth best team. They finished fifth and fifth. And on top of that, they've added, you know, well, they won the Premier League and they added the FA Cup trophy last season. So they're a, they're a much better team than people give them credit for. So, um, I had this game down. When we did our predictions five or six weeks ago, this was my banana skin because I knew Leicester were a good team on their day. They can give anyone a game. I didn't really anticipate them being in the Europa Conference League semi-final. So that, of course, has gone against them. But yeah, they um, made a, a few changes, but they still didn't roll over. They gave us a really good game. Um, they were positive. The guys that came in had a point to prove. Um, yeah, they played well, man. They played well in spurts. I, I was always confident. I mean, going into this game, even though we had, um, you know, had no shots and target in the last two, I was confident that we had put together a good performance in this game and score a couple of goals. Funny enough, I predicted a 3-1 uh, result, which is, came into fruition. I'm annoyed that we conceded the goal in the manner which we did because we were so comfortable and I would have loved to have kept a clean sheet. 
But when they scored, I think Inacho scored in like the 90th minute, 91st minute. It didn't really matter anyway. But I was still annoyed in the fact that we Hugo could have had another clean sheet. And, you know, we deserved a clean sheet considering the performance. But saying that, we were quite lazy in the, in the aftermath of the game. We were stepping off, allowing the guys too much space. In, Inacho was a quality striker. You give anyone that much time and space, they're always gonna they're always capable of, of scoring, which they did. But yeah, really good performance. Um, positive performance. We did our job. That's all we could do. Uh, happy to see Sonnen came back on the score sheet. Kulicheski played a blinder once he came on. We get into it. But yeah, I'm very happy with that result, Carl. Yeah, Jacob. So obviously, I say you you were someone who was slightly worried about this game leading into it. Um, was did the Leicester lineup make you feel a little bit more at ease? No, no, because I kind of knew that that's the um, that would be the kind of lineup sort of thing. Um, you know, I'd say sort of. Up until we scored, I thought my prediction was going to come in because it was horrible. You know, our defence was at sixes, at sevens. Um, so it was one of those where I knew that Leicester were going to do what they did pretty much, just dig in and try and take the chances when they when they did. And, you know, realistically, if, you know, if Hugo Lloris don't save that shot from Dakar um, and the way we were defending, they could, Leicester could have easily took the lead. But I mirror what Patrick says. I'm not, I weren't complaining at the end of the game because I said it a few weeks ago that, I wouldn't want it as Spursy as it was for the first 20 minutes, but you just want the win, don't you? I couldn't care less if it, if we played terrible yeah, sure, and won yeah. 1-0 for the rest of the season. Yeah. You know, we, The likelihood is if we go and play Liverpool next, are we going to play spectacular and beat Liverpool at Anfield? I don't think... Man City couldn't even do that. Do you know what I mean? So, for me, if we went to Liverpool and played crap and won 1-0 and then we went to North London <laughs> Dark and played crap and win 1-0, I'd rather that than play brilliantly and lose a I'd couple. I'd 38 so. games of that. Jacob, to be honest, yeah, you know, no, no, not thirty-eight. Yeah, I won't go too far. <laughs> I'm just talking about. I'm just talking about these cup finals that we've got coming up. You know what I mean? So it's just, uh, you know, it's one of those where when I was watching that game, I had a crap stream. To be fair, so the stream is just. Oh, I think everyone did, didn't they? Everyone was suffering yeah. this weekend with that one not That's being it. on any of the main the main channels. So obviously Leicester's lineup kind of w- was good for us, but then I think. We last week as well in this preview up to this game, we were discussing what lineup changes we might make. And I don't think any of us saw us Lucas Mora coming in in the position he came in at. You know, some of us thinking, mm. could Conte make a change and put him in as that right wing back just to give him a chance and change things up? Patrick, was you surprised when you saw the lineup and saw that Kudachevsky, was he rested? Was he dropped? I don't think he was rested because at this point of the season, I don't think you're you're resting players. But that was a surprise, wasn't it? It wasn't. It wasn't, Carl. When I saw it, it made perfect sense to me. And I think it's quite, um, you, you know, you raised a good point. Was he rested? Was he dropped? I think it was a bit of both, if I'm being brutally honest. He's been fantastic. But we also have to remember he's so young. And he's he's bedding in, you know, in a new league, new team. And when he was over at Juventus, he wasn't playing regularly. So there's a lot of factors behind it. Um, he hasn't been great in the last couple of games. To be fair, no one has. But Son and Kane aren't getting dropped or rested. So it made sense why he was the one who unfortunately drew the short straw. Um, it also gave us a chance to see Lucas Moura, you know, for a longer period. Um so it made perfect sense to me. Unfortunately, I, I mean, I love Lucas. I always have a soft spot for him because of, you know, the Champions League uh, 2019 running. And um, he's always played well. I mean, he's a guy that never complains. He gets on with it. But um, Sunday showed me, wow, 
why he's not the guy that we can rely on to be, you know, the, the part of the front three and why Kulicheski is that guy and, and Lucas isn't. And um, yeah, as soon as Kulicheski came on, he completely changed the game. It was only 1-0 when they came on. Straight away, so direct, running at players. I mean, he when he got the ball by the byline and literally dra- dragged it back and then chopped his guy and was off. Uh, burst of ch- uh, pace, change of pace, uh, creating chances, got two assists. He was fantastic. And um, he just goes, it shows the level of a uh, player that he is and how, why he's so much better than Lucas Moura already. And um, yeah, the guy's, he's brilliant, man. I love him. I love him already. Um, and the fact that he can come in with Son and Kane and still be a guy that we rely on and we can see makes a difference, that says a lot, especially at, at such a young age. Yeah, Jacob, was, was you a little, was, was you surprised at all with a lineup or did you see that change coming? No, I didn't. Well, I, like like Pat said, you, you did see that Kuzilevsky did need to just be dropped. Not because he was form was that bad, because overall he's been brilliant. But it doesn't matter how old you are. You, you need that, oh, well, actually, hold up. Maybe I'll, I'm not going to start every game. Do you know what I mean? Because if Lucas Moira came in yesterday and smashed it, Kuzilevsky is going to start training harder, thinking, hold up, I want to play in these games coming up sort of thing. But, you know, it, it works both ways because Lucas Moira had a stinker and then he came on and was able to showcase why he is the main man. So then it, it not only wakes him up, it wakes up Lucas Moyer as well. So, uh, you know, when I, when, I, when I look at the grand scheme of things, we're all hyping up about Lucas Moyer coming in and playing at right back. But, um, you know, effectively, uh, most of the boys were right because Emerson Royal didn't actually do too badly yesterday. So I think that was the change that everybody was anticipating because against Brentford and uh, Brighton, respectively, he was... It was terrible, but you've got to give credit where it's due. He actually did all right yesterday. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan's joined us. How you doing, Ryan? You okay? Yes, I'm very good, Carl. Apologies to everyone for being late. That's what happens when you've got young kids. It's <laughs> all right, mate. Right, mate. <laughs> but, but I am here, Carl. I am like our team at the weekend. I may be late, but I'll eventually deliver the good. They're in the air. Dropping <laughs> 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 bar straight away. Yes, love it, Ryan. Love it, love it. So, <laughs> Ryan, the first half performance, <laughs> it kind of looked like we were carrying on from the Brighton and Brentford game, weren't we? A little bit sluggish, couldn't really find any rhythm. Was you starting to get a little bit worried with the way the game was panning out in those first 20-odd minutes or so? More frustrated than worried. We know we've got the players when needed to turn it on. We know they can get us a goal. We know that if you get Kane on the ball enough, he will find the right pass. You know, Son's going to make them uh, runs. But it's, I was more frustrated, to be honest, because Leicester fielded quite a weak side. I won't say we just had some good players in there, but a team you would expect us to be like we did. But it is, it's these slow starts that seem to kill us at the minute. We give other teams a lot of time to get into the game a lot more than we should. We're very slow at pressing. The passing sluggish, the movement's not there. Sometimes you just need that one player to just light up the stadium. And we did have that with an actual centre-back before we made a sub. But that first half was... I think if we come went in at half-time level, I think I could have understood. I don't think I would have had any complaints to make. But this, this is what's probably killed us this season and put us in this fight for the top four. Just a complete lack of energy in that first half. It's happened so much already this season, but we've got to hope it changes at some point. We've got, what, four games left to 
wake up and put teams under pressure. So hopefully this uh, this Leicester game will be the last time we see it in the first half. Yeah, so like I say, first half wasn't the best, but then Patrick, it was good to see Kane get his goal. Good to see it from a set piece, obviously a side that not really renowned for, from getting goals from set pieces. But Leicester must hate Harry Kane, mustn't they? Oh, mate, yeah, the stats are crazy. I can't remember off the top, but it's something ridiculous, like 17 and 14 or something crazy. Like, he's got a lot more goals in games. So, um, yeah, and it was... I can't remember the last time I seen Kane pop up from a corner and head the ball in. So, it was like old-fashioned Kane when he didn't used to drop deep, when he was literally situated in the, uh, the box. Sonny whipping in the corner, Kane, bang, goal. Simple. And sometimes it's like... We make it so hard, you know, Harry Kane will do a Hollywood pass, Son makes the run of his life, controls it, finishes it. Sometimes just take it back to the basics. And I think that's what we needed, a basic, simple goal. And then it got the boys rocking. And then from there, it was pretty much game over. I wasn't really worried once we got that first goal. Like Ryan said, I was never really worried, just like, when is it going to come? It came off the most simplest of set pieces. And then from there, we just built up and... um. It's nice to get an early goal. Um, I say early, early-ish. Um, whenever we get an early goal, we are a completely different team because the other team then has to come out and play. And then from then, we, you know, the ground is bigger. We pick spaces. You just see the quality of the guys because the other team's pushing up. But teams know what we're about and they will definitely sit deep and low blockers because they know that, you know, if Kane isn't getting on the ball, Son's not making those runs, Kuliczewski's not getting those uh, spaces and picking up pockets to go at players. There's really nothing else to beat uh, uh, to beat them with. So it was good to get the early goal and build from there. And um, yeah, it's great to see Harry Kane scoring, getting on the score sheet as well. And that way he doesn't have to force the game. He can just let the game come to him as well. Yeah, Jacob, we, we are a side, aren't we, that... You know, that first goal is crucial, isn't it? Because if that can come early or, you know, in a decent spell in the first half, we're a completely different side once we know, right, we've got this goal now. Now we can settle and play. You always feel the longer the game goes at nil-nil with Spurs, the worse it's getting, the more the tension sets in, <laughs> don't you? That's it, 100%, mate. It's like, um, and effectively, the, if we don't start um, great, it's because the team has sussed out um, what we do. But just like what Pat said, because effectively, what the, the only way Tottenham score goals is if you allow Harry Kane to have two seconds on the ball, you don't track Son's run. And if you do track Son's run, Kuzilevsky takes advantage of the defence dropping deep and picks it up in the pockets. So it just it's just one of those where we, we have to... We, if, if we don't get that little triangle going instantly, it, it gets to the point where the team feel confident that their tactics have nullified what we rely on. And then that's exactly what Brighton did. And that's what Brentford did. And that's why we not only didn't we score, we didn't have no shots on targets because we got caught out. But I think that's something that we've got to work out on the training ground, because if that connection is not working, you've got to try and change up. And I think that's why Lucas Moira came in. Um, I, I, to be fair, I, I wish Bergvine had come in, because I think Bergvine's been doing, at least yeah. he's been doing bits for... For the Netherlands, you know, for the you know, granted it's not Tottenham, but he's doing fine there, and he, you know, granted he doesn't do enough for us, but there has been times where we've given him the opportunity and he's played well. So I think I'd like to see him get a few more minutes, not in the touted right back position, but you know, I'd have been much happier with Bergwijn starting, and you know, it's pretty obvious that Lucas Moira, I, I do feel for him because I don't know what it is, I don't know whether it's confidence or lack of playing time, but it's just, it just feels like he was our best player. Kuzilevsky come in and then he's one of our worst for no apparent reason. It's not like we've given him four or five games. It's just one of those. But then going back to your question, we just need to start 
a lot. If, if put it this way, it's, it's one of the ones. If we score the first goal, I'm very confident we'll at least get a draw against anybody. Like if we go to Anfield and after 15 minutes we score first, I'll take a massive breath because I'll be thinking, right, Liverpool have to come on to us because they're trying to win the title. And if we can pick another one, then, you know, it is what it is. So, Ryan, let's talk about Lucas Moura because obviously he'll always be a Tottenham cult hero, won't he? You know, every fan will always have a little space in their heart for Lucas Moura and that hat-trick in Amsterdam will always be a moment that will always be shown in throughout Spurs history. So Lucas Moura has got his name and will always be connected to the club. Do you think, though, that performance on the weekend against Leicester... Do you think that that performance might have actually shown, is he going to be around next season? Do you see him still being at Spurs next season? Or do you think Lucas's time has maybe come and in the summer he needs to be one of those players we need to look to kind of upgrade or move on? Uh, I'd rather him stay and keep back up to Kulosevsky. I think since Kulosevsky's coming, I think his confidence has just drained. I think he's lost. Because like Jacob said, at the, the first half of the season, he was probably our best player of the season at that point. He was probably the only shining light we had uh, going forward. And we've signed in a younger winger who's come in and just hit the ground running and absolutely stole the show and made that spot his own. So I think Luke, I think his confidence has massively dropped. But he is probably one I do see leaving in the summer, whether he wants to finish his career in Brazil or try somewhere else in Europe. I do think he's he's probably going to be one to look at just to get off the wage box, get maybe five million for him or something like that, just to clear him out. But if not, like I say, we need if if he wants to be challenging next season and we want to do something, and Lucas Moore is an experienced player to keep and be around the squad, and you want you realistically want two good players for every position. That's what you want as a challenging side. So keep Lucas Moura in. Obviously, if we get Champions League, you'll see Kulosevsky in there. He could possibly be rotating the league the weekend after. So it is better for us personally to have somebody like him. Like I said, he's not lost his pace. He's never really lit it up for us in front of goal or assist. He's not a numbers man, but he is someone that majority of the time you can bring on the hour mark 65th minute if it's not working he's someone who more than likely can pick a crowd up get the crowd off the feet get the crowd bouncing because one good run or one good pass one good effort that that challenges a goalkeeper usually is enough to get the crowd going but oh it's it is it's i definitely see Bergvine going so i don't know lucas moore's 50 50 for me i don't think he'll get rid of both because we need more defensive players than we do attacking. We still need a striker, but do you take the risk of getting rid of both Lucas and Bergvine for then nobody else to come in? So then we've got the same problem of relying on Kulisevsky and Son as our only wing forwards. I think they'll rather get rid of Bergvine first and maybe Lucas if we replace him, but I don't think we'll see Lucas Mora start again this season. I think once he's it's a poor performance at the weekend. I think we may see him come off the bench a few games, but he don't, I don't think he'll start again. And like I say, I, would, I wouldn't I would be bothered if he left in the summer. I wouldn't be bothered if he stayed. 
it's back up to Kulosevsky, but if he was to leave, I wouldn't complain about it at all. Yeah, Patrick, obviously, you know, we know we need a rebuild at the moment and there's players that need moving on, but you can't, you can't throw everyone out, you know, in the summer, we can't, you know, we can't start saying 10, nine players, right. You're all out because you're not bringing that sort of players in. So is Lucas one that you still would want around the club as that backup? Do you think potentially as Ryan's saying there, if Kulu coming in as Sonny Son and knocked Lucas's confidence, can he regain that confidence given that he maybe now is sitting there thinking, well, this guy now is first choice and that's the first front three. Where do you stand with Mora? What what would you like to see him stay? Or do you think he's one of those players now that take the sentiment out of it from the, you know, the Amsterdam sentiment? Do we need to move him on and look for look for the future? I'm, I'm like Ryan, to be honest. I'm impartial. Like, if he goes, he goes with our best wishes and we'll always love him. And, you know, whenever he comes back to the stadium, he'll get a standing ovation. If that's as a as a fan coming, you know, uh, in to watch the game and talk at half time, or if he's playing against us, basically like how uh, Ericsson did with Brentford this year. But if you want to be a top team, you need to have quality uh in all positions, and that means depth as well. If you look at your Liverpools and your Man Cities, if they lose a play or two through injury, yeah, their second string might not be as good, but they've got quality there. So you do need guys like Lucas who are happy to know their role, come in and and, and change things up when you need it. Because if you're being honest, when you look at our bench, other than Lucas and Bergwijn, who on there you can even look at and think, hmm, this guy can change a game Throw something well, so it's like as we said last week, wasn't it? With a plan B, you can't yeah, doesn't there's no, exactly. have a plan so, B, does he? You can't if you get rid of everyone, but in on the second bit of my argument, I trust our recruitment now. I mean, the guys that we've brought in, apart from apart from um Emerson Royale, bless him. I mean, I you know, I like him as a guy, but he's not been good enough. But if you're looking at Romero, Kulicheski, Ben Tanker, I trust our recruitment. So if if Mora does go, I trust that Paratici and Conte will bring in guys that fit the system and will obviously be impactful and, and help us out. So I'm 50-50. I don't mind him staying because he is a good player on his day. Uh, he can make a change. He is something different. But if we're being real... He's had many an opportunity, and he's never—he's not really done enough, has he? You know, he's, he's never not, cemented that place. Exactly, has he? Like, he's never, never cemented a place. He's never, he's never done enough. I know he scored a hatchet here or there, had a good game here or there. I mean, funny enough, it was him getting subbed off by Nuno, which pretty much was the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, the whole ground was against Nuno. We all booed him. <clears throat> we all couldn't believe it because, like Jacob was saying, at that moment in time, he was our best player. Which sounds crazy when you think about it, but he was. <laughs> so it's um, I'm impartial, man. I like the guy. I really want him to do well, but also, like you're saying, Carl, if we want to be as good as all the other teams, we have to take sentiment out of it. And if we're being honest, he's been there four or five years, never really lit up, never cemented that spot. So I wouldn't mind seeing him go either, as long as we bring in a better player. And we got we have to remember as well. We got Gil, who's still. Yeah. Yeah, as well. So, so you're looking at it, you know, maybe it's time to move him on. I actually forgot about those two players. I wasn't even thinking about that. So yeah, really good point. Yeah, so Jacob, obviously the game changed in the second half, and obviously Kulu was introduced. What what an mm. impact that guy had on that game, didn't he? The, the whole performance just picked up once he came on, didn't it? That's it. Yeah, it was all about 
for me, the way we won that game was just players that decided to take it on the chin to say, let's just let's just go direct. You know what I mean? Because Kulisevsky was directing the way he was attacking, but then you had people like Romero who's directing his defending. Do you know what I mean? Like in the first half, it was all about, oh, I don't really want to get a foot in this, this, this. And Romero was one of those that was culpable as well. But then once he started getting his foot in and started telling people, I'm I'm the man around here and putting challenges in, I think that set the tone for Kuzilevsky as well. And then everybody just started playing a lot quicker. And it was mad because you expect that from an attacking type player. But realistically, Romero was the one that set that tone because he got the crowd up. Kuzilevsky hurried up his game. Harry Kane, Son, everybody started hurrying up. You know, I don't think Son scores his wonder goal without the game being pushed forward by Romero because it was just like everything was lacklustre, the passing, it was it was horrible. But Kuzilevsky, that guy, you know, you forget, because when you look at his face, you think he's not on, on his way to 30, don't you? But he's actually a young kid. I forget, man. You know, like when I'm clapping, I'm like, what a player. Yeah, but then it takes me a little man. while to calm down and think he's still a kid. Like in my mind, it feels like we've bought him at 28. It's really weird. Like, <laughs> he's, he's, he's brilliant. And, he's, and we're relying on him. And it's like, for, if you wrap him up for like the, tw- you know, the 30 mil that's touted, it's like, what a coup for me. If he continues like that and adapts his game, he's brilliant. And I think, you know, that's why Conte is classed as a world manager. Like, you know, me, myself, I'll always criticise him because managers always get criticised. You know, every every fan has a bit of criticism in them. But what he did there, you know, obviously if we if we lose the game or draw the game, we're speaking differently of Conte. But the fact of the matter is he took Kozilevsky out, let him sit on the bench for 45 minutes and just realised that, you know, you've had the nice little honeymoon spell, but you need to do this continually, not just for the next five games, but for me next season if I'm here. And deliver. bringing in Lucas Moira, yeah, deliver. And he's, he pretty much said the same message to Lucas Moira, but it's yeah. kind of reverse psychology. So Sander said, well, you've got to do it as well, but which one of you two is going to take the opportunity? So Lucas Moira had an hour. I didn't do it. Half hour, Kuzilevsky changes the game. So the guy's brilliant, but I just hope that, you know, once he, once he removes the honeymoon period, I hope he goes into next season with us and just gets better rather than thinking, oh, that was a nice little six months. Yeah, I mean, Brian, he's quite a deceptive player, isn't he? Because I think a lot of defenders think, well, this guy doesn't have no pace or anything like that. I'll be able to cope with him quite easily. But before you know it, he's away from you and and he's gone and you're not catching him. I mean, we've got to take that option of buying in this summer, haven't we? Because I think if we don't, you know, there is a two-year loan, I think, but the price goes up after the, the next season. So... Has he done enough for you to say, let's just make this a permanent deal now, get this one done quickly over the line and make sure he's a permanent fixture for next season? Oh, massively. It would be the it would be the first one announced as soon as the season's over. I think I'm I'm 90% sure they've already said that Romero's has been triggered, so he's now a, a full-time Tottenham player. But like you say, you've got to. I mean, Pat spoke about it a minute ago saying... If you want to be a top team, you want to look at your bench and see a player you can look at and think, you know what, if I bring you now, you, you can change the game for me. And that, that's exactly what he did. He came on, he was direct. And like you say, Carl, some defenders look at him and think, oh, he's quite tall. He's, he's over six foot. He's not the, not the quickest winger. He's not your natural, speedy winger like your Mane's or your Salah's who's got the pace. But left foot, right foot, he, he looks built for this league as well. He's not afraid of challenges. He can shrug defenders off. He can find the pass. He knows where the goal is. 
and when you're watching, you know, if he's, he's, he's half decent in the air as well. If you've got a challenge in the air uh, for a header at the halfway line, you're confident enough in him winning that and setting us on another attack. That's that's what we need. And maybe putting him on the bench did us a hell of a favour because that's still competition in his eyes. He's looking at Lucas Mora now as his competition of, oh, well, I'm starting on the bench, so the boss can't be that happy with me. So it's now time for me to come on and take my place back for the Liverpool game, everyone wants to play in that Liverpool game, whether you're confident or not. It's a huge game, Anfield. They, they should have made a Champions League final by our game, still challenging for the title, so it'll be banked in Anfield. A huge challenge. Any professional footballer would want to challenge themselves there. I mean, he's looking at Andy Robertson as his next challenge. That's probably what, that's all he's looking at. How he can fare and how he can get the best of Andy Robertson. That's the sort of mentality you want. And like like Jacob said, he's still so young. You forget how old he is. I do agree with Jacob. When you look at him, you do see an older man by not not just by his features, as Jacob says. I won't go into that way. <laughs> just how he is, just how he moves, just how he operates, <laughs> everything like that. He does. He does remind. But what is he? Twenty one years old. Twenty one. I mean, and I think in english sterling what is it 25 million it could cost us to actually get him this summer you've got to take that option because you want to rebuild there's a 21 year old hungry player who's won a lot in italy with juventus he's got that winner's mentality now bring him in spend the money don't even and i'm all i hope is that bringing him in will come out of this season's budget now it won't it won't affect next season so don't worry about next season's budget don't go to Conte in the summer and say oh but you've we've signed Romero and Kudasevsky permanently so now we've got to sell more players to buy more players don't just do Conte a favor bring him in don't touch next season's budget give him now something to build on like you say whether it's Lucas behind him whether it's Brian Hill coming back in in the summer he should now be a part of that front three but with competition, there's no point of signing him to leave him in that position on his own next season because a lot of players, especially his age, if he gets his uh, feet under the table and makes himself too comfortable, he's not. He won't be bothered about his uh, performances because he knows he'll start the week after. So as long as we keep him hungry, as long as we keep him fighting for that first place, he he, he could go on to be young player of the year next season if he's still hungry enough for it. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would ask him to do is dye his hair blonde because whenever my dad messages me during a game of football, he says, this blonde lad's all right. We got on the wing, haven't we? <laughs> blonde lad? We ain't got no blonde lad on the wing, Dad. He's ginger. Come on, sort this out. <laughs> so if he can just do that for me next season, sort it. Now, Patrick, before we go on, though, we have to give a special mention to Romero, don't we? Because that guy put in a performance that again just lifts what and leads everything doesn't he and and those two tackles that led to that goal well yeah. that that is what you call dynamite stuff isn't it yeah he's amazing man he's a general from the back um i think it was jacob that said it that he actually started the attack and pushing us forward the thing is he's actually really comfortable on the ball and i don't know if you guys have know well, of course you would have because you watch the games like i do but uh, in recent months, he's been pushing up. He's quite calm on the ball. It's almost like he's allowed to walk the ball up. So he starts some of the attacks. He's quite competent spraying a pass and finding players. And yeah, as a as a defender, he can do it all. He reads the game so well. Um, 
you know, I don't know if he's lightning quick, but he doesn't really seem to lose in a, in a foot race. But he also reads the game well, so he anticipates where the ball is going to be or where the ball might drop or what will happen if somebody doesn't get a tackle in and he sweeps up and covers up. He was covering pretty much for uh, Emerson Royale all of the game before last. Luckily, he didn't have to do as much mopping up and sweeping up this time around. But yeah, he's just a fantastic player. For me, I think he's easily top five centre-backs in the league. And I would probably comfortably put him second after Van Dyke. After Van Dyke, I don't really see anyone else troubling him, if I'm being honest. And that's looking at all the Man City uh, centre-backs, looking at, uh, obviously, Rudiger at Chelsea, looking at Varane at Man United. He hasn't been great, but he still comes in as a world-class defender. Yeah, if I'm looking around the league, I don't really see many centre-backs better than him. And that's just me being, like, I'm not even trying to big him up or gas him up. He's just that good. Um, you know, he was Serie A defender of the year last year. He was in the Copa America team of this, uh, you know, tour- uh, team of the tournament. And he's come into this league and he's shown exactly why he is all of that and some. So, yeah, I'm really surprised we got him. Amazed we got him. Um, <laughs> you know, he's just been brilliant, hasn't he? He's, he's yes. fell asleep on one or two occasions, of course, that does happen. Like, I think the goal for um, uh, Burnley, yeah, against Burnley. Yeah, um, yeah. And me got the better of him. But other than that, I don't really recall him having, you know, too many shockers or stinkers or lapses. So, yeah, great defender, brilliant player. Uh, he wouldn't get man of the match, of course, because Son got two assists and scored a wonder goal. But he was just as important for me as Son in that game. Yeah, Jacob, I mean, he took a little while to settle, didn't he? You know, he had a frustrating start to the season with us, didn't he? You know, off to Argentina, obviously the whole COVID thing, then mm-hmm. some injuries. But he's now really settled. And I think Patrick touched on one point there that I think, you know, he's a really underrated in his passing. I think people really underrate how good a passer of a ball he is. He kind of sets us off and makes starts a lot of moves by fizzing balls into people's feet in midfield. Um, but he is just a Rolls Royce of a defender and one that we now can build a solid defence around next season, can't we? Oh, definitely. Like, he's getting to the point where he's becoming my favourite. Like, he plays, obviously, I'm nowhere near as good as him, but he plays football how I play it. Like, if, if the ball's there to be won, just go and get it. Like, do you know what I mean? And then just do things quickly. He's, uh, like, when he when he did those two challenges, I think I celebrated them challenges more than the goal. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was in my living room and, like, the kids were like, what's up, Dad? I was just like, oh, mate, trust me. I was proper gassed because I was just like, you know, we all, we all, we're all Spurs fans here. And it was like, it was frustrating because... It felt like, I know we, we're not a pressing team, but it felt like we just didn't press Leicester whatsoever. Like Leicester, if you look at the stats, they had like 65% possession the whole game. And it was because we were just allowing them to pass it around. And things like that frustrate me. So when Romero just did that out of the blue, one, two, I was I was so gassed that the kids thought that Tottenham had scored. And that like, obviously they walked in and then seen the goal. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it, he's, he's brilliant. I'll mirror what Patrick says. You know, Liverpool... And Man City have got some great centre arms. You know, we, 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 we're forgetting there's Ruben Diaz and Laporte, Matip. But if someone said to me, right, swap Romero with one of them guys, no chance. The only person I would swap him with is Van Dijk. And the only reason I'd say no to Van Dijk is only because of age. That's the only thing. I'd think, well, you'd have a bit more out of Romero because he's only sort of 24. But, you know, he started badly under Nuno. It's just because it was Nuno, everybody started off badly under Nuno, didn't they? I think Lucas Moore is the only one that played well, probably because they, probably because they speak the same language. But, um, realistically, that guy is just is what is what we've needed for a long time because we haven't had. 
I don't think we've had a defender like that for a long time. We had, we had um, Toby and Vertonghen. Vertonghen was quite aggressive, but he was he was class with his aggression, if it makes sense. Like he never really got sent off, or referees didn't complain about him too much. But with Romero, it's just like I love that because when I play football, it's like if the ball's there, I ain't thinking about nothing but getting the ball. I'm not thinking about is it a ref, is the ref there, is it a yellow card? I'm gonna go and get the ball. I mean, you and have told us about your leg breaking chakras yeah, and mentality yeah. before. I mean, if you, you know, speak to mate... people, if you speak to people that played with me, they'll tell you that the same thing, mate. <laughs> but imagine it, you know, for me, I look at it and think if Dyer had Romero and Romero either side of him, he'd be, he'd be able to turn up to the game with a cigarette in his mouth. Do you know what I mean? Because there's, you only have to do anything. Yeah, Ryan, I mean, like I say, he now is integral, isn't he? And uh, again, like as we touched on it before, you can't, you're not going to be able to get out 15 or so players and bring 15 in to change the whole squad around. So do you think now, are you happy with Dyer next to him? And then obviously we just need that one position maybe and better centre-half than Ben Davies to fill that free. Do you think that Romero can get the best out of Dyer? Do you think Dyer's pick up in form is no coincidence and that Romero's got a hand in that as well? Yeah, I do think the left centre back will be the first position that we do uh, improve on, whether that's Stefan de Vrij. Uh, I've seen links with that Bastoni from Inter Milan as well, who obviously Conte's managed before. But yeah, Dyer's form, it has picked up. I do put that down to him playing with somebody like Romero because his quality is just different he's an absolute beast that's what we needed someone at the back Dyer is very vocal you can see that on the pitch whereas Romero just does his he doesn't have to talk that much he will literally but th those two challenges against Leicester were absolutely phenomenal most players would have won that first ball and gone back to the position he doesn't he does not think about getting back into position he sees the ball and wants the ball only. So it has picked Dyer. I'll still say we can improve on Dyer. Of course we can. There is other defenders out there that you could bring in. But we talk about Kulisevsky's age. I mean, he's only 24 himself, Romero. If you could build a defence around him. And I, I like the lads say, I agree. You've obviously got your Van Dykes and your Diazes and stuff. But if we want any type of success, they're the type of players you have to buy to partner Romero. Mm -hmm. You need to build a defence like that. You need a Van Dyke and Matip type defence, or if Matip comes out, you've got Canate, who seems to be doing well. There's no point as having Romero, Dyer, and Davis because you know at some point. I mean, obviously Romero put in a block shot against Leicester after a Davis after a bad touch from Davis mm -hmm. in that first half against Leicester. So you're always worried with Romero's part. As I say, you're not really worried. About Romero, so of course he's had moments this season where you think, "Oh, that's a mistake there," but he's the same as anybody else we've got on our team. He's still learning about the English league. It's a lot more physical than Italy, which he seems to love. I don't think the physicality of this league is a problem to him at all, but it's a lot faster. You don't get as much time on the ball. But I think you said it earlier as well, Carl. Is as soon as he gets the ball, he's only got one idea in his head and he will look for Harry Kane's feet, he will look for Son's feet and he will... That's where the majority of our, our attacks actually start at the minute. He'll get, he'll receive the ball off Dyer or Emerson or Lloris and he's gone straight forward with it. And then halfway through the game, you're looking at him thinking, how is Romero further up with Harry Kane in this team? <laughs> Romero is our furthest man forward, which 
Like I say, you don't mind because the formation you play, you've got a Hoiberg who can sit back or a Benton core. But that's that's what we needed. We needed someone like him, an absolute animal, who so, somehow in a league, if I don't know if I'm sure I'm correcting this, in the Premier League, he's not being sent off. Was it? Was it just a Conference League? He's been. Yeah, no, yeah, he, he hasn't been sent off in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. Which is, mm. it is that is baffling, absolutely <laughs> baffling to me. How he's not been sent off, but <laughs> he, he is someone to build a defence around. Dyer has done well this season. He has he's done a lot better than I think any of us expected. He seems to have improved in some way, but there's always improvements out there. Carl, I think we can improve every position of that defence, bar Romero. And like you say, you've said it. A hundred times tonight already, Carl. We're not going to do that in one window. We're not going to ship 15, 20 players out to bring 15, 20 players in. It's not FIFA. It's not football manager. It, it, it's impossible to do it like that. But you've got the foundation of him at the back now. That's how you have to look at it. The foundation is set at the back now. You've currently got a spine of Loris, who we know is only there for two more years, Romero, Benton, Core, and Kane. That's the current spine in the side now. You have to just build around that. You have to build around every single part of that. And hopefully the board can do that this summer and get us another Romero or a few Kulosevskis in this side. Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? It'd be nice. Now, that's the, we might as well get on to this guy because Patrick Son, I mean, yeah. I know you, you have been massively in the Son world-class camp all season and basically yeah. been defending him all over the place. Again, this weekend, he, you know, is he Spurs' clutch player, do you think? Is he, Is he? you know, although Harry Kane is special and obviously a lot of our good performances stem from him, is Son actually the clutch player in our squad? Yeah, he is. Uh, like, there's no if, buts and, you know, maybes about it. I think Harry Kane is our best player, but I think Son is our Mr. Clutch and... When Harry King was injured, people always forget this. It was Son that took us to that, that got us to that Champions League run-in. Um, uh, he was the one that took the, the reins on his back against Man City when nobody gave us a chance. We knocked them out over two legs because of Son absolutely terrorising them. And, I mean, Son has stepped up. And, of course, there has been times when he's gone missing, of course. We all know that. But usually, more often than not, when we need a goal and we need a magical moment, it comes from Son. Son's somewhere impacted or been part of that 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 game or that goal i mean that that goal yesterday that's on his weakest foot he just took a touch took another touch and whacked it everyone's thinking like what are you doing and then before you know it <laughs> shamichael's beaten and shamichael is a good keeper shamichael is a very very good keeper he's underrated but that guy is a solid solid keeper and he was very really near it and he he just had to i saw shamichael i looked at him he's just like you know what? What can I say? I got beaten like by the better man. Son is outrageous, and it, it beggars me beyond belief, Carl. When I got Spurs fans telling me that he's not world class, you've seen it. I've been going back and forth with so many people uh, who still don't appreciate his greatness. And the guy is great. He's one of the best players in the Premier League. One of the best players in his position in the world. For me, he's world class because he's comfortably one of the best players in his position. If you look at even Liverpool and Man City, I think he gets in both of those teams. Uh, he gets into pretty much your Bayern Munichs, your Juventus, your Real Madrid. I think he pretty much gets into every team. Uh, so for me, he's a world-class player. And the stats alone back it up. He's got 19 Premier League goals, no penalties. 
Um, mm. I, I saw something today from Squawker. They always put out stats. And uh, it says, since the start of the 2021 season, 152 players have attempted 100-plus non-penalty shots in Europe's top five leagues. Erlen Haaland has 25.8% of the conversion rate and Son is the second with 25%. That's in the top five leagues, 100 uh, or more shots. The guy's quality beyond belief, man. And he does it for club and country. So uh, it just, it baffles me. I mean, I'm so glad that he's done it this season again. He scored 18 last season. He's already on 19 now. He's still got four big games left. I'm pretty confident he'll get a couple more goals. If a, if a wide forward is getting 20-plus goals in a season without taking a penalty, how can you argue that? And it's not just like, you know, it's left foot, right foot, inside the mm. box, outside the box, running at players, all sorts of different types of goals and finishes. So, yeah, I, I'll, I will uh, go on about Son to the Cows come home because <laughs> people still don't get it. And I'm like, what game are you watching? You know, I still don't understand <laughs> how people doubt or question him. But I'm just Bad glad boy. that he's, he's shutting up all the haters one by one. Yeah, Jacob, I mean, obviously, we talk about Leicester not liking Harry Kane, but I think they've probably got as much hate for human Son at the moment because <laughs> that goal at the weekend was pretty similar to a goal he scored at the King Power Stadium a few seasons ago where he literally cut in from that same angle and curled one in exactly that way. Why mm -hmm. do you think, if we look at this, why is it that he doesn't potentially get kind of targeted more for bigger moves. What is it, you know, like as Patrick said, given what he's done and the stats he's knocking up, we've never ever heard or had this thing of, oh, well, you know, Real Madrid are looking at human son, Man City are looking at him, Bayern Munich are, are monitoring human son at the moment. Why is that? Is it because he's not European and the country he plays for is not seen as one of those glamour, glamour, you know, if you like, continents where players come from? I, I just think, I, I've questioned myself about this. I just think he generally loves playing for Tottenham because, you know, he, there, was, there, was a, there was a time when Harry Kane was looking to leave. And if you're a human son, you're thinking, oh, if he's gone, then I can get a move. But then while Harry Kane was doing all that, he signs a new deal. You know, he, he could tell that he loves playing for Spurs. And I think he just comes across like one of those players that his agent might say, look, man, I've, I've been on the phone to a couple. And he'd be like, no, 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 I'm right here at Tottenham. Simple as that. I, some players are like that, you know, some people are humble and appreciate what they've got. Now, obviously, there's clubs that you can go to and essentially win stuff and become a bigger player and earn more money. But some players are just players that love playing for a certain club. You know, obviously, you look at people like Steven Gerrard, for instance. Now, obviously, granted, he was a Liverpool fan and all that stuff. But, he, you know, there was a time where literally he could have gone anywhere he wanted and... Uh, it was close to going Chelsea, but, you know, he sits there and says playing for Liverpool was, you know, winning one trophy there is better than winning 10 for Chelsea. He, he, just because Son wasn't born in London doesn't mean he doesn't feel the same way. You know, you could tell he's always smiling. I think his dad's very important in his career and his attitude and the way that his agent um, operates sort of things. So I think they've got an agent that's on the same wavelength as them. So rather than... Son going from Leverkusen to Tottenham and then quickly going to Man United and all this stuff. He might do it, but I'd like to think that he just enjoys playing for Spurs. And I remember um, there was a time where there was a there was a tweet that went out where I think there was a Spurs fan or a Spurs fan base cussing out Harry Kane. And Son was one of the people to like it when he was looking to leave Spurs. You know, he clearly said that human Son likes this status. So I think that Harry Kane wanting to leave pissed him off. So I just generally think 
he loves doing it. And, you know, if he hates playing for Tottenham, I'd like to see what he did if he loves playing <laughs> for us with what he's doing this season, because it's really, it's really weird how he scored that many goals, but we've all seen that for half the season, he hasn't been that great. So imagine if he was, you know, smacking it from, from New York. And I've always said that Harry Kane's our best striker, but I've always just said one-on-one, one, I have more faith in Son. Don't ask me why, but I just, he, the geese is just clinical, both foot. And, you know, Pat alluded to the fact that he's got a weak left foot. I just think he's a bit like, a bit like, remember what Cazola was like as Arsenal? Like, literally, he didn't have a weaker foot. I just think it's the same with Son. Hasn't got a weaker foot. And that that goal, I just literally went to the kitchen clapping because I was just like, that was what a goal. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't say no more. Like, I'm left-footed, but I'd never do that. So, <laughs> that was, I was just like, couldn't believe it. What a goal. What a player. And like, like Ryan said, if you, if you, you know, if you don't see this guy as world-class... Sorry, it's Pat that said, if you don't see this guy as world-class, I've been saying he's been world-class from the time he was at Poch. The guy's been smacking in goals for fun and no one really talks about it because Harry Kane normally scores more. This season just proves that in a season where he's half bad, he scored 20 goals in the Premier League. So if if you generally don't think that's world-class, then you're you're a nutcase. Yeah, Ryan, obviously, as Pat said... He's going to get a couple more before the end of the season. Do you think he can nick that top, that golden boot this season? Yeah, I do. And I mean, I, I did my research while the uh, gentlemen were giving their points as well. I mean, <laughs> he, he's played 227 Premier League games with 87 goals. He's only 13 goals off the 100 club. I mean, you don't, you never hear about stuff like this when it comes to Son. 87 goals in 227 games with 45 assists. That's world-class numbers. Mm-hmm. That is that is world-class numbers. And I mean, obviously, the boy said about his weak foot as well, 35 and everyone been with his left foot. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, he ain't got a weaker foot, man. The guy is world-class. To say he's only 13 off the 100 club, which he, he will get next season, he will enter that club. He is... He seems to get better in front of goal for us every season. I don't know if that's due to the fact that Kane's now dropped deeper, so he sees a bit more reliance on himself up front for us. But that that finish against Leicester, it was just, especially when they gave you the camera angle from behind him as well. Mental. Like Pat said, Absolute madness. Any goalkeeper would have to just get up and say, "Look, what can I do about that?" That, that is a that is top bins finish. That. You're not. I mean, I don't, did you see Hoiberg's reaction behind him? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's what I mean. <laughs> any anyone who says he's not world class is Crazy. not watching. They're not. They don't watch Son on a rig. I mean, and I, I, I don't care what people say about him. Or I will take Son over Neymar any day of the week. Oh yeah, I, I said that last season. Neymar. I honestly don't see a team he doesn't get into. He gets into the Bayern Munich team. He gets into the Real Madrid team. He gets into Liverpool's team. He gets into Man City's team. Um, I'm talking all the biggest teams. So if he's getting into those teams, he's a world-class player. And he, oh, like yeah, I said, yeah, yeah. he's done it in the Champions League whenever he perform, plays there, he performs. He's done it uh, for his club. He's outrageous for South Korea. And obviously in the Premier League, which is considered the best league in the world, he's doing it basically week in and week out. How can people still doubt him? It's crazy. Like my cousins are hardened. My cousins are hardened Liverpool fan. Like when I say li- he's, he's Liverpool, like we are Spurs, and he always says there's one player that I'd always take, and he's been saying it for years. He'd always take Son and start him always. And you got to think what they've got now. If he came on the show right now and I said to him, "Who would you take?" He still take Son. I know he would. He's, he's world class. 
No so t- talk, talking of Liverpool there then, Jacob, and obviously this will be a good weekend for you with, with your mate there by the sound of it. But let's get <laughs> into this Liverpool fixture then. Um, Patrick, are you confident or is this one then that, like I say, a little while ago, we was happy to kind of write this one off, wasn't we? When we did our prediction yeah. show, we all probably sat there and said, well, this is probably one of them games you have to write off and hopefully it won't be too much of a problem. Given where we are now, can we afford to write this one off anymore or is a, is a result of some form essential? Yeah, it is. And to be fair, I'm quite confident and people might think I'm crazy, but when I look at it, <laughs> I know we need to get a result. Even Harry Kane said, he goes, we win all our games, we qualify for the Champions League. They all know that. I can I can, I can, can take us dropping points and getting a draw, but we have to come away with something in this game. And when I look at it, the reason why I'm confident is because even in our last five games, only Man City and Liverpool have better form than us. In our last five games, we've won three, drawn one, lost one. So I know a lot of people have gone into meltdown, but it's not as bad as people are making out to be. Yeah, we had no shots on target in the loss on the draw, but it still was only a loss on the draw. And we won the last three other than that. Um, and then also, when you look at us against the big teams, um, in terms of Man City, sorry, we've got six out of six points there. And then when we played Liverpool at home, we got a draw. So we've got seven out of nine against the top two teams so far. So I don't see why we can't replicate that again. And the reason why I'm saying that is because Liverpool will play their game and their game only which is to come out all guns blazing and attack us. Yeah, they'll be a bit smarter because they know uh, Kane and Son are massive threats, but they have to win the game. They have to win that game. Uh, So they will come out and play us. And that is perfect for us. That falls right into our hands. And we've got the quality to hurt anyone. And we've done it against Liverpool. We've done it against Man City. So I don't see why we can't do it again. As long as we don't do something crazy, like give away a penalty or get a man sent off, I don't see why we can't get something out of that game. So of course... I'm really anxious and cautious and I'm worried. But at the same time, I'm confident that we can go there. And I think we can surprise a lot of people. Everyone's written this game off for us. And I don't see why we can't go there and shock the world and throw in one of those upsets. Yeah, I mean, Jacob, at some point, this title race has got to have something happen to it that kind of blows <laughs> it blows it open, isn't it? There's going to be a result along the way that kind of mm-hmm. gives one team the real complete edge in this title race. Why can't it be us at Anfield this week? They're, they've they've not been blowing teams away recently. You know, they just mm-hmm. got past Everton. They just got past Newcastle. Newcastle. Can yeah. we go there and give them... Can we go there? And as Patrick said, they won't change the way they play to kind of nullify us. They'll just go to how they want to play. We're This is like the Man City game all over, isn't it? Yeah, it's... Uh... Like you said, like if we treat it like Man City, we've got to accept that we're going to probably concede a lot of possession. You're going to have the um, Anfield faithful behind them and that. But I don't know. Like I've been very defeatist in that, in that just because of how Liverpool are, are going along. But in the last two games, they've had to they've had to rotate their front three. So granted, all three of them are potent. They've had to mix up a lot of their front three and their midfield three. I think the only mainstays have been Van Dijk and the fullbacks. So you'd like to hope that. You know, if Jurgen Klopp sees the next game is a bit more important than the following one, or he's prioritising the Champions League, let's say, they might not go hard. But um, I'm a little bit more confident. I don't know, because what you just said is exactly what I said to my cousin yesterday. I said, at some point, 
Man City or Liverpool have to have to do something stupid. And when you look at Man City's um, fixtures, you just don't see them doing anything stupid. Even if they do something stupid, they probably go and win it. Um, but then again, you, you see the same with Liverpool. But then this is the only biggie out of the two sides that they've got. So, you know, for me, if Liverpool go come out of this game and win it, I think they'll win the league. If they come out of it and don't, they've lost it. So it's going to be not just pressure for us, it's pressure for Liverpool as well. We, we, we all forget that Liverpool, as much as they're smacking it at the minute, they, they're still going to feel that each game they've got to win it. And I'm not sure if Man City play before them, but if Man City play before them, they're going to feel a bit more pressure than they would if they're playing first. So we, 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 we've got to look at it as... we just got to go and try there and win. I think we've... With the way they push up and the way we played against them at Wembley, granted they had a few players out from COVID, but if we just have the same attitude, Tottenham have beat Man City away. So I personally believe Liverpool are a better side and it's harder to go to Anfield. I've been there before. The atmosphere is just completely different to the Etihad. But I just think if we go there and score the first goal and then sit off and play our counter-attack, we should be able to do it. However... If they go and score first and everybody's going mad, then I'll get behind the sofa. Yeah, Ryan, I think, (laughs) you know, you do have that feeling. It's either one of them where it goes horribly wrong and it becomes one of those horror show nights where you fear three or four, don't you, with the defending? Or it is the reverse. And like I say, like the City game, we all sit in there saying, well, watch this from behind the sofa. And then actually, as the game starts panning out, you're going, we're the better side here. We're creating chances for fun. And that could have been not only three, but four or five come the end of the game. How do you see like I say, how do you see this game panning out? Is it one you're worried about? Or are you, like the rest of the guys here, feeling surprisingly confident going into this? Well, if I remember rightly, Carl, when we did our predictions, I think I was the only one who predicted a win against Liverpool when we did it so I'm not I'm not changing like I say it this it's it will sum Tottenham up with a win here like you say struggling the first half against Leicester losing to Brighton at home to go to Anfield and see out a win that that would sum Tottenham up and my only worry is like Pat says if it's just the mistakes that we are capable of making a defensive error a red card uh, Lorries coming out to try and play sweeper keeper and getting sent off, so, something like that's all I worry about. But it's going to be a lot of work for the likes. I don't really see a lot of pushing up from the likes of Emerson and Sessignon. I don't see those as attacking wing backs. I see them very much sat back. The one thing that I do have confidence about for that game is, you, like you say, you said it tonight, Carl, already that Liverpool will play our Liverpool play. They're not going to change how they play. They will stick to their way of football. And they play a very, very high line. So if you can get Son on the shoulder of Matip, if you can get Son in behind, you've got a player like Kane who can find Son. You can find him with every bit of movement. You can find him anywhere he wants. As long as the boys at the back, that's all. I think that's the main concern at the minute. As long as the boys at the back stay focused, stay concentrated, defend as well as they are able to defend because like you say they'll leave they'll come up against either a Salah Jota or Mane or a Salah Mane Diaz or you never know how you're going to go up the midweek game for them is going to is going to be tough they're going away to Spain so they've got to do some traveling it's not going to be as easy as maybe some people think against Villarreal they will put Liverpool under pressure at home 
Like we've seen Villarreal do that also Juventus and Bayern Munich. They know how to pressure teams. So I do see more rotation. I think Vicky left Trent Alexander Arnold out for the Newcastle game, brought Joe Gomez in. And maybe a slight injury to a couple of Salas or Van Dyke's before our game could be nice. I'm not asking for season or career ending injuries, maybe just a bit of a muscle strain to keep him out for the weekend. <laughs> we do some luck. We need something like that. Van Dyke can't miss the game this season. So I don't think Salah's been injured since he's been at Liverpool. I can't remember a time. Yeah, in trust Liverpool, me. In Liverpool. And like I say, it's, uh, we may get overworked in midfield again due to the two we've got to the three they've got. So we may see a bit of a change, maybe a 5 3 2. But I can't see him dropping Kulisewski for Harry Winks to go into that midfield in that game. So it's going to be tough in that midfield as well. It's just. Like I say, we've all just got to hope, like Pat says, that the lads keep their heads, the lads concentrate long enough to make no silly mistakes, no red cards. And if we're in the game by the hour mark, like I say, hopefully the Champions League exports will come back to bite them and it gives us a chance to counter-attack. And like I say, we, we, shouldn't, we, don't, we shouldn't worry about Arsenal. The, the top four still in our hands and... No matter how tough this game is, no matter how big this game is, we just got to concentrate on our game, keep faith that Conte's tactics and our players' talent can get us through any game like it did the Man City result. He'll see it as a big challenge himself, going one 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 against one with Klopp, who's obviously a world class manager. His tactics versus Klopp's tactics. So hopefully we come out trumps. Like I said. If you come away with a draw at Anfield, you can't you can't grumble, we can't complain. It's Liverpool, phenomenal team, phenomenal players. As long as we don't go there and get absolutely trapped, because the confidence for the rest of that season will be it will be just damaging for the rest of this season. We might as well write it off if we we leave Anfield for five nil loss or four one anything like that. It will damage the rest of this season. So. Let's just hope the boys are ready for this challenge because it's not going to be it's not going to be an easy game. Jacob said it. We're going to give up the majority of the possession. You could that game could finish 80 percent, eighty percent to them, twenty percent to us possession. If we come away with a three points, that's all that matters to us. Lot. Let's go for some predictions. So, Patrick, what's your prediction for the Liverpool game? What are you going with? I'm going to go 3-2 Spurs and um, I'm going to go off the back of that. I know we can score goals. We'll probably concede. But I also have confidence because even last year with uh, Jose in charge, if Bergwin finishes his dinner, we win yeah. that game. We were the better team. We created the better chances. So we're playing much better football now. We definitely create chances. We've got finishers. I know we'll score a couple, but we probably will concede. So I'm going to go 3-2 Spurs. It's going to be a tight game, but I think, I'm hoping we can nick it. Great shout, great shout. Jacob, prediction? Uh, I said I was a little bit more confident, but I don't think we'll get a question. <laughs> it, it's just gone. <laughs> no, I won't, but it's just, oh, it's just, it's one of those, man. Like, I can see, us, I can actually see us playing well, but then something going wrong. Um, I'm going to say 2 2. Okay. First, I thought 2 1, but I thought 2 2. I think, I think we're actually going to play quite well. I think this is the. For me, in the running, if we had a Brighton, a Brentford, then we had like a Burnley, 
and someone else, I'd be a bit more worried than having an Arsenal and Liverpool in there because this is what these are the games that make a man out of you. And these are the games that we look forward to. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'd rather be in a running playing these big games. And if you come out of them, you know, if we if we come away from Anfield and beat Liverpool, Arsenal in trouble. Yeah, 100%. It's as simple as that. That first day, it's just like, that's just going to, what an atmosphere that's going to be, yeah. man. Like, and, um, I think even if we lose to Liverpool, I think, you know, even if we was to get battered by Liverpool, that's a good game to come into. You know, if we got battered by Liverpool and then we were playing... Right. I, don't, I don't think we'll get battered. I don't... I, if we lose, we no, lose. No, no, no. I don't think we'll get battered. I honestly can't see it. Touch wood. I don't want to jinx it, but I can't see us getting battered. We will put up a good fight. I can feel it. I just think, yeah, but like I say, if we, if we get if we get the, the wrong end of the stick and we lose that game, mm-hmm. I'd rather us go into a Thursday night game against Arsenal at home than Brighton at home, because Brighton, you'd be like, oh, that's just awkward, you know, and if yeah. we could end up dropping points there. Well, I think Arsenal are going to go for it. We're going to go for it. But, you know, going back to the game at Anfield, I think it'd be a 2-2. Um, it's my cousin's birthday and he's the guy I told you about. It's Liverpool fan. So. <laughs> let's <laughs> hope, hopefully let's we, we ruin his yeah, birthday massively. We never we never watch it together because we're too passionate, man. <laughs> it just gets to the point where it's just too much. And like, because it, they could win the league and we could get top four, We've actually it's got to lot. sit in a restaurant and watch the game off my phone, so it's going to be interesting in that place. <laughs> <laughs> two, two, two. Ryan, yeah, what two, are you going two, with? Yeah. Ooh, I'm going for a two-one Spurs win. Let's go. Love that. And as, as a bit of a thingy to that as well, I, I, I was saying Andy Robertson red card as well. I think he's remembered Harry Kane's challenge from the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I think he's going to go flying into some challenges that game, especially with such a big game. Uh, yeah, I think we'll win 2-1, Robertson red card. And you know what? I think we'll actually win it with a Kane penalty as well. I've got, we've not had hardly any penalties. I cannot remember many penalties. No, we haven't. Mm. We've had this season. It's but Liverpool have never conceded one at Anfield. And, this and, and the thing is, they pulled that up. And Jacob, I love the fact that you lot and Ryan are talking about this because they've made it such a big thing now. So the rest it will be on Oh, yeah, right. that's true. Yeah. That's quite this is where yeah. we need a Lamella. Yeah, so yeah, kicking the, yeah, kick the calf, don't we? Oh, <laughs> oh, ref, oh ref. <laughs> so I'm, I must admit, though, I'm going to follow Ryan. I'm going for a 2-1, a 2-1 win as well. I just think there's a slip up in this title race, and I think this will probably this could be the game that does it. So one last question before we go, guys, and this is with your head and not your heart, Patrick. Top four, still confident. Yeah, I am. And I looked at it. You know what? Like, we're only three points off my form guide of what I predicted. And I predicted a lot of wins there. It's only, you know, that draw, that loss against Brighton. That's thrown a stinker. Mm. Um, I said we were draw against Leicester. We won that game. Uh, our last five, like I said, only uh, Liverpool and Man City have got better form than us. I don't see why we can't do it. We have to get something out of Liverpool. We have to beat Arsenal. If we do that, I'm still confident. But as it stands right now, I'm still confident. So, yeah, I am. Jacob, I woke up this morning watching match of the day, and I was just, you know, when I saw Conte's reactions, I, something dawned on me. I thought this guy is a winner; like he doesn't go anywhere in the in the first two years and flop. So I ain't gonna lie. I woke up this morning confident that we're gonna do it. How we do it, only the future can tell. But I'm I'm more confident than I was last week. I think we're actually gonna do it. Quality and Ryan, yeah. How's your what's your, what's your head say? My head does say that we will get top four. I mean, I did predict that it would be wrapped up by the Norwich <laughs> game, which it might not now, but hey, never mind. But I do think 
I just I agree with Jacob. I think the difference in managers is what will get us top four. Once we've got this Liverpool game out of the way, we've got three games that we shouldn't. We shouldn't. I, I will reiterate: shouldn't drop points in. We are. We should be too strong for those sides. Arsenal have still got Newcastle away to go to, so I think they've still they've still got as much slip up in them as we have at the minute. And, and they got Everton as well, and Everton yeah. that game, and they got Leeds. I mean, these games are crazy games. Yeah, that Leeds game—that's the one I'm looking at. Pat. Leeds I'm are fighting for their lives now. They've been dragged yeah. into it. They're fighting for their lives. Everton are fighting for their lives. Those are not easy games. You don't want to be playing teams that have got nothing but everything to fight for. So yeah, trust me, it's, it's not as clear cut as they're making it out to be. It really isn't. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, I'm going to go with the group here and say, like, for some reason, I still think we're, we're going to get there. Like you say, I think the manager makes a difference in this. And, and I actually think we're confident. So that that's a good end to the show this week. So obviously, we're going to be back on Monday, hopefully, talking about a big win. And one that I think if, if we get a result there, I think that really swings momentum in our favour because this will be like the Chelsea-Arsenal game where Arsenal will be thinking Spurs are getting nothing from this game and a result there I think mm. really puts the momentum and switches it. I agree. So tonight it just leaves me to thank my guest Sir Patrick Sterling effort again mate and hopefully you'll be back with us Monday. Yeah yeah definitely I'll be back. I um, love being on the channel with Ryan and um, Jacob and obviously yourself Carl. It's been good. Um, I just want to say to the people listening in, Spurs fans, be a bit more positive, man. Be a bit more confident. Get behind the boys. I'm seeing a lot of people essentially concede that we've dropped the top four when there's four games left. Massive games for both teams. How are we out of it? There's only two points difference. We've got a better goal difference, better players, better manager. Believe believe in the team, man. We can do it. So, yeah, I'm mm -hmm. just going to put that out there because I'm seeing too many people with all this negative chat and there's still four games left and there's only two points in it. Why... And we still got to play them. And as we well. got to play them. Yeah, we they got to play them. Our ground, and then they haven't been great at our ground. So I don't understand why everyone's on such a downer. But I'm glad everyone here feels the same way I do. Uh, I just wish the rest of the fan base would get behind it and let's go. Quality shout, quality shout, Jacob. Another great episode, mate. Yeah. And hopefully you'll be back Monday as well. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely be. And I'll, I'll mirror what Pat says because I'm normally, you know, Ryan knows I'm one of the most miserable Spurs fans. I'll be the one that yeah. going, oh, yeah, don't yeah, bother yeah, and all this. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I've even picked up and just thought, you you got to speak it into existence, man. There's no point in us all being moody. And, you know, it, when you look at... Is it, is, for me, I'm one of them fans that's quite reactionary. So, But when you look at the grand scheme of things, you know, when Conte came in, we had no divine right to even talk about Champions League football. We'd be happy with top six. So for us to pretty much be in pole position as long as you win all our games or get us more get more points than Arsenal, you have got to be a bit more confident because if it gets to the point where you're miserable for this whole time and we get top four, what was the you spent six weeks being miserable. Just enjoy it. Perfect. Well you can say this is good stuff. And Ryan, great performance tonight, mate, and you'll be back Monday as well. Yes, definitely. I would like to agree that Jacob is a miserable sod. So that I would like to echo I will be back, Carl. And move. I, I said it last week. I'll say it every week till the season's over. We want to be on here every Monday next season reviewing Champions League games, reviewing the next Champions League game. That's what we want as fans. Let's just hope the boys can pull it through. Like Patrick said, we need a bit more positivity. We don't want to go into that stadium feeling down, feeling bad for yourself. No, pick the boys up, get behind the boys. 
have confidence in the manager and the players. Like I say, four games to go. Anything can happen in these four games. So let's just hope for the best. And let's hope that the boys' talent will shine through and get us to that Champions League. And that is it. And, and like I say, all those Spurs fans listening, there you go. You've had your telling off. Pick it up. Pick up that confidence. <laughs> it's there. It's there. So that's it. We'll see you again on Monday. And as always, come on you Spurs. For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play.